Welcome to the Pocha Podcast. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. And we are at the intersection of Brown and Proud and Assimilation. We are here for you, folks. And today we're doing our Weedy Weedy for the end of the month in October, October 30th. <gasps> Tomorrow's Halloween, Kat! Uh, and the best part about Halloween, okay, I know, I know, I know, but... The best part of Halloween for me is because I have a wiener dog who is born on <laughs> Halloween, and she's my Halloweeny. Have you heard? Have you seen the kids' book Halloweener? I have not seen the kids' book. It's my favorite. Well, bring oh, it. Oh, okay. I'm getting you a copy. Bring it in sometime, and we shall review. I like it. Well, uh, it's our liter our new segment on literature, <laughs> children's <laughs> books. <laughs> yes, because that's what our attention span allows. Are you judging? No, just commentating. So the weedy weedy for this month is uh, all about appropriation, but specific to Dia de los Muertos. Because where there's Halloween, there's Dia de los Muertos. There's the sugar skull uh, mm-hmm. outfit. The yeah, the, the sexy sugar skull outfit. Wow. And one of the things that, okay, so recently my partner and I have been watching uh, RuPaul's Drag Race because it's now on Prime TV. Haven't seen it. You, I know. I don't know who you are. I know. And in this, the fifth season, one of the contestants, who is not, at least not in what we know about the contestant, not of Latinx heritage, um, dresses up in, in drag, but in a calavera outfit, right? Mm-hmm. And she's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was well done. But it also brought up in my head, and you know, happenstance, we're in October when we're watching this. Is that appropriation? So let's back it up a tiny bit. Because Dia de los Muertos is a Mexican tradition where we traditionally welcome the spirits of the ancestors. We give offerings, including their favorite things. So you might have an ofrenda with if your grandma loved Jack Daniels, you've got a little shot out on the table. There's the traditional pan de muerto. You might have some gorditas, empanadas, whatever, pictures. Um, A lot of this has been brought to popular attention by the new cartoon, Coco, which I love and think is amazing. But um, part of the, the, I love Dia de los Muertos. Part of the thing that I think is so amazing about the Catrina and the Calavera and the whole skeleton and the fancy outfit is the history of it, which was brought about by this guy named Jorge Posada, who was a Mexican artist back in the day, was making a comment on these Mexicans who were not proud of their indigenous heritage and were trying to be like the Europeans. So he drew the very popular now skeleton head, like the bust, with the giant fancy hat with the florecitas all over the top, right? And then years later, like in the 40s, Diego Rivera took it up, Frida Kahlo's Kahlo's husband, sorry, I can't talk, um, and drew the whole body on with the fancy clothes and all of that. And it was a reference to them being empty on the inside if they couldn't embrace their Mexican heritage while trying to assimilate and be like these fancy Europeans in the glorious clothing that they had. So he was commenting on being pocha back in the day. Holy shit, I didn't Mm -hmm. even know that history. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you grew up, did you have in your house uh, an altar, an altar with? We did not. So my grandparents had, you know, they had old photos and things of of relatives and ancestors. Some of them were out on display. A lot of them were put away in this trunk that was like in the back cuartito, hidden away. 
but it was not a thing that we celebrated. But we've discussed before that my grandparents were very much a product of assimilation and trying to get away from some of those traditions. And sadly, I don't even know if either of them practiced that in their childhood. Um, so I don't know. But I, growing up, did not. I have sort of, in the last several years, reclaimed that because... I've lost people and don't want to have lost them for good and that Dia de los Muertos makes me feel like I can connect again and be part of that in a in a joyous way and in a remembering way. We didn't have one as well growing up um, but my mom would tell us about how they used to go to the cemetery and bring food and celebrate and it wasn't seen as a mourning time it was just seen as a celebration to, to be with family mm-hmm. and to clean the uh, the plot or what have you and of course there were some uh, family members that they couldn't be with during that time frame so they were with the ones that they could be so my mom came originally from a small town called um, Barral and then they moved to the city of Chihuahua and then to Juarez so they couldn't visit all of their family but she would tell me about when she was growing up and they did um, in their respective little towns or cities we didn't have an altar growing up as well that wasn't something that was in Mm -hmm. our house Um, but now we have um, in the house that we live in there's like a little alcove in the hallway which I think was supposed to be for the phone (laughs) I guess yeah the phone book and the phone old school yeah so I when I first moved in I put in a couple pictures of of people that you know my family that was uh, meaningful in my life and whatnot one of them was my grandmother who's passed on and then my Mm -hmm. father and my dad are both there and my some of my father's ashes are hanging out there Mm -hmm. and so if and here's the funny part is that when I'm using the restroom if the doors open like if the kids aren't around and the door is open I could see straight into that little alcove and I could see the box that my dad's ashes my father's ashes are in and I'm like hey Mario what's up (laughs) it's my year-round altar Mm -hmm. yeah he's probably like dude really really just close the door but we didn't have one growing up I think I asked my mom once about it because she's the one who's more tied, right? My father was more assimilated. Mm-hmm. My, my mom was, um, had moved to the U.S. from Mexico, so she was a lot more tied to culturally those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. She hadn't quite assimilated yet. But I don't remember what the reasoning was, like why we didn't celebrate it Carried in the house. Carried on. Yeah. And wh- do you... So, and we're talking about assimilation. So now you can go to Target, you can go to Walmart, you can go online, Amazon, wherever, and find Dia de los Muertos. And tons of references to the Calavera, Day of the Dead, all of that. In 2013, Disney tried to trademark Dia de los Muertos, like the actual, the phrase Dia de los Muertos. Which... That to me is the cl- is a clear crossing of appropriation, right? Like you're trying to buy something that is literally a tradition <laughs> of indigenous peoples and make money and off make of it. money off of it with zero ties back to that community where it came from. Uh, I have a big problem with that. And this was with the Coco thing, right? Right, so this was right around the time that Disney slash Pixar was making Coco, and so they were trying to get that trademarked. There was an uprising, an uproar on social media mm-hmm. from the Latinx community, largely in part led by um, Lalo Alcaraz. I don't know if you know him. He's a cartoonist that has a cartoon called uh, La Cucaracha, which is fucking fabulous and <gasps> hilarious. Ooh. And he actually has 
pocho.com. No. Yep. <gasps> Come um, visit us. Right? Lalo, I have your book and it's signed and I love you. Come Aww, by sometime. Come see us, Lalo. So he started up this, in part, started up this uprising online and so then Disney nixed it. But just the fact that they thought that it could be bought is right. really... Uh, there's so there's different levels of, of appropriation right there's our our drag star who is on rupaul's drag race who utilized the the sugar skull as part of their outfit there's uh, the barbie that was just recently released that's like almost 100 bucks that's beautiful but it's, it's beautiful i'm not gonna lie i i have issues with barbie just because of the whole body type whatever like her actual measurements the real person would never have a period and would die because they'd be starving to death and the boobs have to be fake all that right Right. I have issues but it was beautiful and at what point is it a tribute to my heritage and at what point is it subtractive from who I am as a person yeah so I was I was all about it right we had like a group text going on I was like oh I want to check it out $80 right $80 for a Barbie no 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 and that's I mean it's appropriation in my mind because there are other manufacturers that are tied to the Latinx community, whether it's in Central or South America, who could just as well make and produce this. Mm-hmm. And Barbie could uplift, the, the Mattel could uplift that. Right. But they're doing it on their own, charging $85 because yeah. they know some people are going to pay for it. And don't get me wrong, the doll is beautiful. It's beautifully done. Mm-hmm. But for the price for that doesn't mean that I'm going to get it and it doesn't feel it just doesn't f- it's beautiful but it doesn't feel so I should just give me some sharpies and tell her to hit it up that that is a doll and just go to town yes <laughs> make it work listen little uh, special K go online go to Pinterest you could see where they get just the Barbie head and then you can color yeah. it yourself and have a keychain sharpie it up a little creepy but still still authentic and it's it's also appropriated in uh in mass media so like the james bond one of the james bond movies part of their scene was in mexico city where they were doing a parade Mm -hmm. um, and that was kind of a big plot point of the movie itself um and and like i said there are like costumes that that you can buy like the sexy calavera or the sexy sugar skull costume and for me it seems like it's been a recent rise in the popularity of the sugar skull like yeah even definitely Agreed. So just before Coco. Well, before like and before a- Coco, there was the um, Book of Life. Right. So there were, you know, references. Coco got giant attention, and in my opinion, it was very well done. I've I've talked to several people who have different opinions on it, but they appear to have done some really good research and really tied into the communities that they were trying to represent. And I loved it. I ugly cry every single time I watch it, no matter what. Truth. I know what's gonna happen. My daughter will even look at me. Mom, are you crying yet? Are you crying yet? rude like she thinks it's hilarious but yes i'm crying again <laughs> just wait till i die that's how i feel <laughs> one of our daughters is <laughs> i love her to pieces but she just does not cry even at the most emotional moments so mm-hmm. when we went to go see coco in the movie theater and we took my mom which was it was right after <gasps> my dad died oh. and so she ugly cried at the very end i had to take her to the bathroom our, one of our daughters, nothing, mm-hmm. not a tear, dead not inside, <laughs> and she was even like, "I didn't cry." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's about. No, I do. There's no soul in there. Sociopath. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's called sociopathic <laughs> tendencies. Hello, Wednesday Adams. My daughter has been nicknamed Wednesday Adams. 
No emotion. I'm bawling my eyeballs out. So is it appropriation? Um, what do you think? Like, can just your regular everyday Joe walk about in the uh, Calavera costume and, and be okay? I think it goes to a bigger appropriation conversation, and it, it depends on the intent. So if at NMSU, our local university, mm-hmm. if some of the sorority gr- uh, young ladies in, in uh, the sororities, if they dress up with a sugar skull but their intent is just to be like a sexy calavera, then even though you're living in a Latinx city, no, I, I think that's appropriation. What if it's Latina sorority? The, oh. If there was such a thing. There is such a thing. There is such a thing. Yes, <gasps> on campus. Then I would say like, t- yeah, okay. See, so then does it matter who you are or does it matter your intent? A little of both. And I'm not going to walk both. up to somebody in a calavera costume and be like, who are you? Who are you? Who'd you vote for? Are you down with the Latinos? What's going on? I mean, fair. I wouldn't actually check to see, like, madam, what is your ethnicity? But I don't know. I don't know. It just, it feels like you're stealing a little if you're using it as a costume for Halloween. Okay. IMHO, IMHO. But then you get into so the the what's the prime minister dude who was just caught in brownface? Oh, uh, from Canada. Trudeau. Yeah, Justin Trudeau. It's not like that level of appropriation. Are there levels of appropriation? I think there's le- levels of appropriation. Okay. So yes, it's not definitely. that level. Yeah, like you're not trying to represent a person of this other culture that you are not, but it's a tradition of this other culture that you may not be a part of. The, the the sugar skull is in comparison mm-hmm, to the brown face. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. I think anytime someone does brown face, but then that also brings up is dressing like the dirty Sanchez or whatever with the poncho and the sombrero. Mm-hmm. Or like a mariachi. Is, is that or, appropriation? Exactly. Is that, is, are, you, are you making fun of the person? Or are you taking of the culture? And I get what you're saying about the intent because if you are at a an anti-immigration pro-Trump rally one night and then dressed up as a mariachi the other night, guess what? I'm probably going to be like, no. But but that's what happens in terms of like having a larger conversation about appropriation. Mm -hmm. That's what happens around Cinco de Mayo and the SEC's. Those, and when we looked at the list of who was having an event in some of the cities that Mm -hmm. had this, had Trump rallies, there were, there were having, they were having uh, celebrations even though they were maybe not the same people, but even though their city just held a, a pro-Trump rally where it's, there's def- a definite anti-immigration they sentiment. They still felt it okay to have a Cinco de Mayo party because it's a reason to party. Right. Not or because they celebrate you have any connection. International Taco Day or, right. or what have you, like Taco Tuesdays, whatever it is. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, having that larger conversation, yes. So we're saying if you embrace Dia de los Muertos, you better love the shit out of some Mexicanos, some Latinos, some Chicanos. You better be loving them up, donating, giving money, making sure that they're able to survive and thrive and live and breathe in this world better or as well as you can if you're not brown yourself. Can I throw a wrench in there and Please ask you do. a question? <gasps> okay. Oh, this is where it's going to get ugly, I can tell. No, no, not ugly, but okay. We've we've had discussions before about like um, Beto uh, O'Rourke, mm-hmm. who raised in El, El Paso. He speaks Spanish, mm-hmm. you know, pretty competently, right, in comparison to some of us Poche, uh, Pochexes. 
So if he had an altar, would that for you feel like appropriation? So to me, culture is not about your bloodline. It's about where you grew up and where your heart is. And to me, if that's truly where his heart was, if he grew up with some abuela taking care of him that had an altar and that feels like home to him, have your altar, bro. Like put your ofrenda, put your bud light up there for your tío, do what you got to do. That's how I see it. So I have a little a, a confession about a little bit of guilt that I feel about wanting to have an altar mm-hmm. because it wasn't something that I, that I grew up with. I feel like I'm appropriating something that I didn't grow up with, even though I'm first-gen immigrant. Mm-hmm. I know that that's something that my mom and her family did. It it almost feels like I'm I was I was assimilated so much that I was stealing in order to have this altar that I didn't grow up with. Like, do I? Am I, am I authentic in doing this? Right. And bringing this to to, to the house or, mm-hmm. or, or what have you. Mm-hmm. No, that's real. And that's that's why we have a Bocha podcast. That Welcome. Thank you for listening. The altar is, is at the intersection of Absolutely. brown and proud and assimilation. That you are proud of this heritage that you have and, and, the, mm-hmm. and the love that you have for your ancestors. But at the same time, you're so assimilated that and maybe you're like me the people listening are like me like a little bit of guilt if you didn't grow up with it but you want to have it and you want to have that expression of love but it wasn't something that you grew up with and I I you know I said it before but my when my grandfather passed away he was such an important part of my life that I had a hard time letting go and that felt like a way that I didn't have to let go and it didn't have to be in mourning it could be in a joyous celebration and I I celebrate him all the time you can walk through my house and find pictures of him all the time I carried a picture with him of him with me on my wedding day like I just he was a very important person in my life and I I don't want to let that go and that feels like my connection um and I I don't feel like I'm appropriating in fact I feel like I'm reclaiming something that should have been mine if my people were allowed to be themselves I think the at least in the borderland area and I've seen it in Southern California um, and I don't know about the rest of the country because of course I haven't been road tripping all that much but the new altar is the back of the back window of your car that says in loving in loving memory of whoever whoever or the t-shirts or the, the stickers yeah, the yeah. stickers mm-hmm. that's the that's the new wave altar that's our generation's altar right like for sure our way of remembering them and loving them mm-hmm. definitely so this dia de los muertos if you put up an altar post a picture on yeah the let us Pocha, know we want to uh, know what you're doing facebook site or if you don't or if, yeah or if you don't if you have another way of honoring your loved ones that are not here anymore, let us know how you connect, how you make that connection, and what you feel about Dia de los Muertos, because we want to know. So that's the Pocha Podcast Weedy Weedy. Thanks for listening. I'm Kat. I'm Charlene. We'll catch you on the flip side. Peace.